Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Good morning, Promise Church. Thank you for joining us online today. As you know, we're gathering together online only today, just out of an abundance of caution. We put our campus services on pause for this weekend. The good news is we will resume our normal schedule next Sunday, November 8th. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great revival Sunday with evangelist Loami Diaz, and I'm very much looking forward to that. As you know, today in our country, as we face our national elections, there is contention, there is division, there is unrest. And as the church, we love our country. We pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We are one nation under God. Let's be indivisible with liberty and justice for all. I believe there is more that unites us than there is that divides us. And I want to remind us today that no matter what, Jesus is King. Say it with me today, wherever you are, type it in the chat. Jesus is King. And you might want to remind yourself that every day this week, Jesus is King. When you look at the teachings of Jesus, one of the primary teachings was His kingdom versus the world's kingdom. In Matthew chapter 6, He taught us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In John 3, Nicodemus questioned Jesus about the kingdom. The answer from Jesus is to see the kingdom, you must be born again. Nearly every parable Jesus told began with the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then in John 18, Pilate was testing and trying Jesus. He asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, it is as you say. Then he told him, my kingdom is not of this world. In Matthew 6, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus invited us to pray and to call for the reality of kingdom of heaven to come to pass on earth in our lives. And so I want to start today by reminding us that the kingdom of heaven is here, it's now. In fact, the kingdom was the first message that John the Baptist preached. And it was the first message that Jesus preached. John the Baptist arrives on the scene in Matthew 3 saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John's message was almost always repent. He was called to prepare the way for the Lord. He would say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's very, very near. I'm preparing the way for the Lord. Repent, be ready. The kingdom is coming. Later, Jesus' public ministry began in Matthew 4. It says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Another time in Luke 17, Jesus said, The kingdom of God does not come in such a way as to be seen. No one will say, Look, here it is or there it is. 
because the kingdom of God is within you. So I said all that to say this. We're a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And a kingdom is ruled by a king and your king, my king, is Jesus. He's our king. I want to spend just a few moments today with you in Acts 17. In the first verse, Paul arrived at Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. And we'll pick it up in verse number 2. It said, Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason. I think in this season that we're fighting through, that we're getting through in this hour, it's worth noticing that some progress is happening for the church, but at the same time there's resistance. That's the spiritual warfare that we are in, and that's what was happening right here. You might say, but I thought Paul was anointed. Yeah, he was. You might say, I thought Paul was an apostle. He was. But did the whole city get saved and converted? That might be what we expect, but that's a faulty concept that we have sometimes. There will be victory, but there will be resistance. Sometimes we think that the church will only have victory and never have any resistance, but that's simply not true. Sometimes we think everybody in the church will be saved or that everybody in my family will be saved or only good things will happen to me. And if they don't, we think something's wrong with me, something's wrong with the church, but that's not how it is. Jesus himself didn't convert everyone. Remember, Judas was a disciple. So the mob rushed Jason's house. They were looking for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the crowd. This would have been very bad. I'll pick it back up in verse 6. It says, But when they did not find them, being Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, King Jesus. So in that first verse, Paul and Silas arrived at Thessalonica, having just been released from prison. Possibly their wounds haven't even healed yet. But the first thing they do is they go to a synagogue. That was Paul's calling, first to the Jew and then to the Greek. And he's going there to tell them to preach. Hey, Jesus is the Messiah. You guys missed it. That wasn't usually well received. They have a mob. They went to Jason's house looking for Paul. Paul and Silas were, must have been staying there, but they weren't there at the time. So they pulled Jason out and they take him before the city officials. They said to the crowd to, to stir him up. We've got to get rid of these guys. Jason and Paul, Silas, Timothy and Luke. These are the men who have turned the world upside down. I want to make a few points to encourage us this week from the text. 
The first one is, we are not of this world. Verse 6 said they had turned the world upside down. The reason we can turn the world upside down is because for us, the world is upside down. So if we turn it upside down, it's right side up. Jesus prayed for the disciples that they would be in the world, but not of the world. The reason we are not of this world is because we're of another kingdom. And like they said of Paul and Silas, we have another king and his name is Jesus. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy getting out of town and taking a vacation. I'm sure we all do. But I often say after a trip, it was good to get away, but it's also good to get home. Because for a while, it's fun to live out of a suitcase, but it's not home. In a hotel, I don't know about you, but I always halfway unpack. I never use the drawers. I never use the closet or the little hangers they give you. My suitcase is always open. Because all the while, you know this isn't home. This hotel isn't my home. This town isn't my home. This state isn't my home. And in the same way, know today that this world is not your home. We're just passing through. David said in Psalm 39, Lord, I'm a stranger with you, a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Understand that today. We're a stranger here with the Lord. Not a stranger to the Lord, not a stranger from the Lord. We're a stranger here with the Lord. A sojourner means I'm nomadic. It means this isn't my home. It means I'm just passing through. Know today this world is not your home, but you are living for heaven. And that's good news because it means my hope, my destination, my welfare, my joy. It's not tied to what happens here, but it's connected to what's promised in heaven, in His kingdom. That's good news because it means I'm not chasing what everyone else is chasing. I'm not living for what they're living for. I'm not trying to attain what this world is trying to attain. I'm working on a treasure in heaven. And I'm not tied to what this world is tied to because my hope is not in this world, but my hope is in heaven. This world is not my home. I'm living for heaven. The second thing is we have another king. The second accusation that the mob made was you have to get rid of these people because they have another king. They call him Jesus. They don't buy into Caesar. They have another king. Now, their accusations, like all good lies, they have some resemblance to the truth, but they're presented in the worst light. Paul and Silas were not guilty of treason against Caesar, but truly they had another king named Jesus. They're disloyal is what they said. But really, this should be said of all Christians when we are not of this world and we have another king. You might say, entertainment is not the number one thing to her. Making money is not the number one thing to him. They're not a Democrat first. They're not a Republican first. What's politically correct in America is not the number one thing to them. But first and foremost, their king is Jesus. And what he says for them is what goes. That's what they live by. And his authority is supreme in their life. They have a loyalty to him first, 
not what everyone else does, not what everyone else thinks, not what their culture does. The world is upside down to them and they turn the world upside down because they have another king. Wonder how many of us that could be said about the way we live our lives. That people would say, he's different, she's different. They follow Jesus first. Wonder how many in the chat have decided, no matter what this world thinks about it, I'm living for Jesus because he is my king. And we do. We have another king and we're living for another kingdom. And when you have another king, you relate to people in his kingdom. These people have love for people in his kingdom. They spend time with people in his kingdom. They care about the people in his kingdom. They encourage the people in his kingdom. They have relationships with people in his kingdom. We serve people in his kingdom. There's unity with people in that kingdom. I'll just tell you, it's good and it's pleasant to dwell with each other in that kingdom because there's unity between the people of God in that kingdom. In fact, Jesus said, you'll know they are my disciples because of their love one for another. They love, they relate to people in that kingdom because they serve another king. And I want to leave you with the fact that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens this week, Jesus is the King of Kings. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, Jesus is the only blessed potentate, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is King. In fact, He's a seven-way King. He's a King of the Jews, that's a cultural King. He's a King of Israel, that's a national King. He's the King of Righteousness, the King of the Ages. He's the King of Heaven, the King of Glory. He's the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords. I want to tell somebody today, Jesus is the King of Kings. Live every day with that understanding. You are not of this world and Jesus is your King. And so my hope is not in this world. It's not in the things of this world, the pleasure or the riches of this world. My outcome is not tied to the outcome here, but my destination is in heaven. My hope is in heaven. So live for His kingdom and live for the King of Kings. Live for higher things because you're just passing through. We're citizens of another kingdom because we serve another king. Our king told us in Matthew chapter 6, don't lay up treasures for yourselves on earth because moth and rust, they destroy and thieves, they'll break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. He told us, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's do that today. We know that Jesus is the King of Kings. We are living for another kingdom. And so let's invest in that kingdom. Let's live our lives for that kingdom. Let's serve that King and let's give everything we have for that kingdom today. And I believe all of us could say amen to that. Let me pray over you today. Lord, I just pray, Lord, in the presence of your people and in the presence of your word to get today. 
that you would touch us, that you would strengthen us, that you would grow our faith today to understand that you have called us out of darkness into a marvelous light, Lord. You've called us into your kingdom. Let us live with that joy. Let us live with that peace that we are not tied to this world, but that we are tied to your kingdom. And we thank you for that great truth today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. I want to say thank you for joining us for Promise Online today. Connect with us this week. Stay close to us. We'll have our midweek huddle on Wednesday. We are coming back November 8th. I'd love to see your family there. Bring somebody. This service is going to be great. I'm so excited about our evangelist, Loami Diaz, being with us for a great Revival Sunday. I'll see you right here next Sunday. Have a great week. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.